Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, welcome to uh, Joe Squared. If you like us, uh, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your mum, tell your sister, tell your brother, tell, tell, you, tell all your friends, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, grandparents. A grandparent would love a listen, you know. Might make them feel young again, so. <laughs> Put a little review there, subscribe, do your thing, thanks. So, I mean, it's been an eventful, uh, what is it, month or two since we last recorded. Yeah, I mean, uh, how long has it been? I think it was back end of November. Just I mean, over a month. It's been eventful. Um, there's a there's a new variant of the, the fucking virus. Yeah, but it's no more deadly. It's just fucking annoying, isn't it? All of it, it's annoying. I'm bored of it. But the uh, we've got we've got vaccine. Like the, I think the general consensus is that by March, yeah, we're good. That's what my sources are saying. I hope that um, that's the case because what somebody was telling telling me the other day that as soon as they get the sort of. I think it's like ten uh, percent of people with COVID who have died have been under the age of sixty-five. So ninety percent of people are above the age of sixty-five. So my guy was telling me the other day that as soon as they vaccinate that age group of the majority, then there should be some relaxing of restrictions. It makes sense. That makes sense to me. Whether that's going to be the case or not, who knows? And the thing is, what about the strong, like, Piers Corbyn type? Uh, like, there, there's a lot... In that age group, there's a lot of people who believe in anti-vax conspiracy theories. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're free to do as they wish, you know, if they catch the, the until COVID. Not. Until they catch the COVID... And then, if they're above the age group, <laughs> they're, they're at risk of dying, you know, so... <laughs> Straight up. I wonder what happens to it, like, if Piers Corbyn catches it. He might not make it, though. And we need him. Hey, man, there might be some rogue doctor somewhere that's already vaccinated him, you know. <laughs> he's just, um, He's just lying to the people, you know. But the actual numbers... So, remember, they, they did, like, a trial before they... They rolled out the the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah, maybe it was maybe the Oxford one. I don't know, but they they did they did a trial with uh, three thousand people took it. I think it was half vaccine, half placebo, and okay. four people in it got Bell's palsy, which is like, I think it's a temporary thing where like half your face droops. Shit, man. Well, one of them had the placebo. <laughs> I don't know how that makes it was sense. Like, it was like a dodgy... Uh... 
they had it in a terrible hospital where they were <laughs> they were doing another Bell's palsy uh, fucking thing next door. <laughs> That's jokes, man. man. You're right. All right. Yeah, I mean, but also, also, it's the fastest vaccine ever. So, and like, I don't think it's bad if you're a bit skeptical. But I don't think that the new world order is trying to. Uh, Hey man, put chips in us. Absolutely no way. I mean, but what frightened me the other day was obviously at some point, even if we vaccinate the majority of the UK, um, to go to other countries at some stage within the next year, you're gonna have to prove something. You're gonna have to have some type of proof the that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either you have to prove that or that you've had it or something something along those lines. Somebody just put that into the ether and it kind of frightened me a little bit because I was like, I don't need it, but then I might actually just have to have it, you know? No, what, what we need to start doing, okay, the people that don't want the vaccine but aren't necessarily anti-vaccine, but, you know, we just, we we don't want it. Yeah. What we do, we have coatly. You know how parents have like chicken box parties, where they give their kids chicken pots to get it over with. We all just we all get like a a nice little holiday home <laughs> in the Cotswolds, and we all get COVID. It's a good idea, man. I might thought. And we make soup. Like we make soup beforehand. We make exactly. like chicken stew. You've got films. You got films, and then got, you then all you go there. Video games. Hey, man, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, a lot of soup though, different types of soup. So you made a broccoli in Stilton. Oh, I did. <laughs> oh man, I've still got. I made a vat of it, and I've still got a little bit left. But you know what it's been doing? It's been helping me up my bread intake because I like <laughs> well, when I have a a bowl of soup, I like a big stack of crusty bread. <laughs> crusty or oh, just like a loaf like a loaf like yeah you, like, you like cut like it loaf, yourself like a yeah diy cutter nice the, uh, yeah i mean I, I have a i basically have like a half loaf <laughs> i need to get back out there with the kettlebell man <laughs> I, I haven't done any exercise um i tried to do skipping again i'm so bad at it now i did those nine minutes the other week and phew, it was uh <laughs> that's you done for the month <laughs> that was uh, that was enough for me, man. Um, what paper did you buy? I got the Daily Mirror. For the Daily Mirror, they went they went half half their front page a dark day in American history about hmm. the uh, those mooks raiding Capitol Hill, and then <laughs> half a shot in the army. Oh, he's shot in the arm, and he's he's getting the army out to help help roll out the vaccine. He's basically following what Tony Blair has advised. Is he? Tony Blair is uh, acting as a <laughs> un- unofficial <laughs> um, advisor. Is, Tony Blair never stopped being prime minister. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like <laughs> for a few years he did. Through the Cameron years, he did, yeah. but then. Nowadays, he came out and wrote an article. <laughs> Have you ever done this? Have you ever suggested something to read to somebody having not read it yourself? Me? Never. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we've all been there. We've all done that. 
because I saw on Twitter, I deleted Twitter and then I got back on Twitter and I saw this tweet from Peston, the ITV political correspondent, that guy, that annoying guy, but he was like, yeah, yeah you, should, you should give this a read. Um, Tony Blair's sort of op-ed about uh, how you should roll out the old COVID. And, in what? Uh, what? What was he writing in? The Independent, online. Oh. Uh, and basically, he he's saying that you needed to get the army involved immediately, and you need to ramp it up to five million people. You need to a week or something like that. You need to just do one shot in people, and then wait to give the other shot a bit yeah. later, which they're doing. So two of these things have been proven to start happening. And he also said that he thinks that. You should be able to just queue up any age group. You should be able to just go and queue up and get your vaccine. Twenty four seven vaccinations. Just just fucking queue down the street for hours. I guess so. I mean, the thing is, but, but, but it makes sense they prioritize people that need it most, surely. Yeah, that's what I think. And also, you you just have a better record of those people. Because it would just be mayhem if you just had fucking thousands of people yeah. just turning up. You might not make a good record of it. But they're, they're saying that they're going to have a, a vaccine centre within 10 miles of every home. Yeah, yeah, I read that today. They need it though, man. They need it immediately. They just need to get on it. Um, yeah, we need, to get, we need to get things moving. For sure, man. It's uh, oh, well. but yeah, the, what happened on um, Capitol Hill? What's your what's your take? What's your take on it? I mean, to be fair, I thought that the people still saying that Trump Trump won the election were all these like online like thirteen year old mooks. Okay, but in fact, they're actually militant, real, real people, <laughs> militant. The, well, they didn't have guns, but like, they didn't have guns with them, but they probably had guns at home. They're sort of gun-toting people like preppers, I think. I would call them doomsday preppers. But <laughs> what, what, what were they trying to achieve here? <laughs> I don't see what the end game was. No, but there, what, there wasn't. When the mob takes over, it's just like... True, yeah, yeah. Smash some shit. We're in here yeah, now. mentality is true. Take some photos... I saw a report. I saw a report done by ITV where they interviewed this guy, and he was like, "We're taking back control." He's just like screaming at the camera. Yeah. He's about twenty five or something. He was like our age. I was just like, Dude, up on Monster man, Energy drinks. What? What's your problem, bro? Just <laughs> I don't get it. But then uh, since I saw something in the Daily Mail earlier that um, some some. Christian uh, uh, rock star, <laughs> yeah, uh, who's got quite a large following was at the thing, and he was like, "This was a peaceful protest, actually, guys. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't take part." So I mean, just the 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 sheer fucking lies that everyone tells as part of this sort of movement is is insane, or just things they're willing to stand up for which don't add up in it in any logical sense they yeah. don't add up but they're they're just willing to give themselves to the cause these are the types of people that 
believe in cults or get get wrapped up in the old cults. I think. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, just yeah. they just go with it with blind faith. Trump is their their god emperor. Have you seen how he he's come back and now said, "Oh yeah, I want a peaceful transition of power." Yeah, like, yeah. He said, "I will leave." What but, on I earth? Mean, but he must realize that there's no there's no recourse now. There's no way that he can. Because but but he's because he he was holding out hope super late. He must <laughs> he, he must have still they, been. Yeah, yeah. He was like, uh, "Just wait, just wait. We've got something." Uh, We've still got for for a while. They were calling it the the Kraken. They were going to release the Kraken of the. the what is the Kraken? Who is that? Like Lord of the Rings it was, it speak was, yeah, or something? It was, it was Kraken is a some like sea monster. Yeah. Okay. It was basically, but I think it was basically just a giant squid. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then, and then they released the Kraken, and they, it got laughed out of of courts in America. So. Everything they've but, come up with has just been really quickly sort of <laughs> turned around yeah. and thrown out of court <laughs> and just just extremely quickly like how this is this is nothing no you have no leg to yeah. stand on bang gone. But in the mirror they they show uh, it looks like army out out in front of a Capitol Hill in June during the during a BLM. Yeah, threat. I know. And then, and then they've got a picture of a policeman posing for a selfie with 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 one of the Capitol Hill writers. There was something I I fucking love Twitter at the moment, but there was something where it was like um, <laughs> there was these protesters like fighting with the police, and the tweet the tweet was. What happened to Blue Lives Matter now? You know, because these are the <laughs> these are the types that are saying Blue Lives Matter. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, oh, what was I reading? It's gone. Right wing so, terrorism will escalate across Europe throughout twenty twenty one, possibly hitting the UK with some extreme groups. Even believing only civil war can save society. Only civil war can save society. What does that mean? I don't know, man. Ask like, I mean, half of society oh, perishes. <laughs> Ask Oliver Cromwell. So, headline. Farmer's son guilty of gay lover's murder. A farmer's son who killed a schoolboy he was paying to keep their sexual relationship secret has been found guilty of his murder. No, no real mention of the boy being underage here, but he is. So Matthew Mason, the guy who did the murdering, the farmer's son, admitted bludgeoning 15-year-old Alex Roder to death with a wrench in woods in Ashley, Cheshire in 2019. Wait, how old was Matthew Mason? 19. Jesus. So that's illegal anyway. Yeah, but there's no there's no so real maybe... mention of that though. There's so just a, they're just talking about that... the murder. He he had gay sex. They had gay sex with each other, and that's uh, not gay sex. That's rape. <laughs> that's that's pedophilia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it goes on. Chester Crown Court heard Mason paid his teenage lover. What is this talk? Teenage lover. Anyway, heard Mason paid his teenage lover £2,000 to keep their sexual relationship from his family and girlfriend. But the jury rejected his defence and found him guilty of murdering Alex by a majority of 10 to 2. 
The jury heard that Mason, who lived on a farm near Nutsford, had sex with Alex but thought it wrong. He said he was straight but began questioning his sexuality following messages from Alex. On December 12th, he drove him to a remote spot where he said he could not afford to pay any more money. He claimed Alex then attacked him with a wrench and he was forced to defend himself. However, the jury learnt Alex had died after being struck at least 15 times in a brutal attack. But yeah, as as we're saying, there's no mention that this kid was 15 and he was 19. Well, he's 19 now. The kid, the guy died, Alex Roder, as a 15-year-old. So in 2019, Matthew Mason could have been 17 or 16. Which makes Wait, it... 2019? Yeah. But he's 19 now. So he could have been 17. Yeah. Which is still... I mean, technically paedophilia, but I don't know if that would be... Yeah. Well, not paedophilia, but it's... Uh, I don't know. Statutory rape. Yeah, potentially. But yeah, just... Uh... But imagine being with one of the two jurors who are like, I'm not sure about this. I think, <laughs> I think, I think he's think... innocent. No, because I think what he he was trying to deny responsibility, so he was not admitting to murder, but was saying it was in self defense. But uh, and then it came out that he he, he struck he, was he struck whacked about him up fifteen times. Fifteen times, yeah. But this, this is a type of like real sort of like passion. Like oh, you yeah. can tell that this Mason, uh, this Matthew Mason, just felt like he had like no other option. You you watch these things on TV all the time, you know, when it's just like, you, obviously as a viewer, you're sort of watching it and you're like, dude, you could just fucking walk away from this. Even if people found <laughs> out, it's not the end of the world, do you know what I mean? It's just... It's just but a, he, was, he, he was paying the kid. Yeah, so he was... I think, I think this Alex guy, the, who sadly died, was uh, blackmailing him. At 15? What a savage, man. Which I think it is is obviously not the right thing to do, but not not worthy of a, a bludgeoning. Well, I guess so. And but I wonder why it's relevant that he's a farmer's son. <laughs> what is that? Why is I don't, that, uh, I don't know. The Telegraph, a... maybe because it's the Telegraph. Maybe they've got. Uh, maybe they think a farmer is a responsible person, <laughs> and uh, the fact that the son of a farmer it makes it more outrageous. Well, you've been uh, you've been watching any uh, films or anything? Yeah, I watched the. Uh, I watched a French film yesterday. Hey, bro! I didn't uh, have you down for subtitles, brother. Le Le Fin du la Monde. Okay. Uh, the The End of the World. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's on, it's on a movie, which is... Well, you did a seven-day trial with that, and then a 30-day trial, and then what, you've re... No, I don't have it. It's uh, my my young lady friend, let me use her login. Oh, nice. It. But the, uh, it's, so it's got, it's got all of the, well, all the French actors I know, which is the guy, the, the, you know, Marion Coutillard? Coutillard, yeah. Was, she what is she in this? She's she in everything, man. She was in Midnight in Paris. She was in uh, yeah, the Dark Knight, the, the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, the Dark Knight. That's what I know her from. She and, was in uh, Inception. Luke Luke 
Besson? Yeah, legend. What, what, in this, as always, a he's a, hit, he's about... a heavy hitter, man. Yeah, yeah. Have it's you seen about... A Prophet? Sorry, quickly. A, a Prophet? Prophet? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's a good one. It's about uh, this uh, Algerian guy, I think, potentially, who goes to jail and then befriends, like, the gangster. But it shows, like, the racism that goes on in the the prison and the sort of hierarchy of different races and then how he sort of steps up the ladder, the crime ladder. But yeah, there's some, there's an amazing scene in that film, which is like harrowing and clever and just fucking the shot value in it is crazy. It's definitely worth a watch. The shot value. Yeah, there's some, yeah, like, some serious, like, yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyway, if you watch it, we can discuss it. I don't want to spoil it. Wait, I have to correct that. It's not... <laughs> Luke Besson, I don't know why I know that name, but he's some... He's producer. a director. Yeah, it's uh, it's Vincent Cassell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew you were talking about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he should change his name, man. He should consider it. <laughs> Luke, Luke Besson is a better name for him. He's uh, uh, Luke Besson's a director. He directed some real weird film called Love, um, which the I think the opening scene was an erect penis, just in your face, pointing at you as well, <laughs> as I if you're on your that knees. An artistic decision. Oh well. <laughs> it was a uh, yeah no it was an it was an interesting uh, choice. But uh, yeah, it's about this kid who. Is going home for the going home to see his family for the first time in twelve years. Okay. Uh, he left when he was like twenty two, and he's coming back as a as a thirty four year old man. And then it's never actually set like explicitly mentioned in the film, but he's dying. And then the whole film is just about his relationship with his family. It's quite. It's not like. It's not. There's no like explosions or. Mm. Or, uh, you know, crazy drug deals or... or no, it sounds French. Or what there it is is just very French. solid acting. Solid, solid... Uh... Sounds like a play, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Also, I w- before the lockdown... Yeah. Uh, sometime in December, yeah, about mid-December, I went to the Harold Pinter Theatre in... Where is it? It's like Archway or something. And I saw... The, the dumb waiter. It's is it a pinter? It's a pinter play. So yeah, good. I'd like to see pinter. You know, I've never, I've never seen. Oh, I basically haven't heard of the guy until then. But he's like a so, cockney. Yeah, it was all, It was like a geezery uh, play. But but uh, before Danny Dyer and Martin Freeman have played, because it's just two characters in one room, the whole thing. Mm. Tremendous, tremendous play, man. It's, uh, do you know what a dumb waiter is? It's, uh, uh, it's the, it's like the, the thing, yeah, the food lift, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all centred on that, it's so strange. That's cool, man. But Pinter, didn't he, he, he did the the screen adaptation of Sleuth. I'm not sure if he did the, the original Sleuth with uh, Michael Caine and... Uh, mm. uh, Who's that heavy hitter English the Olivier Lawrence Olivier so Lawrence well, Olivier and back Michael in the day yeah yeah Lawrence Olivier and Michael Caine were in this film called Sleuth the original what a fucking film man 
know about that, bro. Hey, bro, you need to watch it. I think it's Pinter. Again, it's just two guys. Two guys. What <laughs> <laughs> about you? Have you been watching anything? Yeah, I've watched a lot, man. Uh, I've watched a few of Woody Allen's lesser-known films. They're shit. They're fucking terrible. <laughs> I just I just got caught in a... I was on Amazon Prime. I watched uh, Match Point, which was a, a really good one that he made in sort of 2005, Scarlett Johansson, Jonathan Rhys-Meyers, James Nesbitt, some other English actors and James actresses. James Nesbitt, the... The Irish guy. Yeah, I like that guy. I like that guy. Yeah, man. It was a, it's a quality film, um, Match Point, but then it started suggesting all these other Woody Allen films, and he's made some real clangers. They're just bad. What, an hour and a half... One of them's like a journalist dies and the first scene is him on a boat with his, he's like in eternity with the Grim Reaper and he wants to get this story out. (laughs) So (laughs) he has to go back to the real world as a ghost and he does it via Woody Allen who is a magician and... He's a I magician. Can this being good, though. It, it sounds like it could be good. Yeah, it sounds like it could be good. And I mean, I, I I kind of enjoyed it, but it was it was shit. You know, it was like a good bad watch. But he's gone yeah. back and he sort of tells, uh, well, through Woody Allen's like disappearing trick. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Scarlett Johansson has to pursue this story. She's like a junior writer, and she's like, this is her big break. So, it's, uh, yeah, wasn't great. The thing is, though, is that you have to understand that Woody Allen, for a while, he was going through the fact that he realised that Frank Sinatra was the father to his son. <laughs> it's true. Frank Sinatra looks so much. <laughs> and, then, and the thing is, also... Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that Amazon Prime have his films. I suppose there's a lot of people standing by him, though, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So I listened yeah. to something with um, with Alec Baldwin. Oh, yeah. He's like a staunch defender of his. Um, of Woody Allen's? Yeah, yeah. And they spoke about everything. And uh, yeah, Woody Allen's of the opinion. He, he's like, why would I decide to do that at the age of 54 with no prior nobody else has come out since or afterwards you know why would i why would i decide to just do that at 54 and then just have having never done it before do it and it's come out at the time that i'm breaking up with my wife who's just found out that i'm seeing uh, her adopted child so i mean it's all fucked up but that that's his defense I mean, I'm surprised Alec Baldwin is defended. Alec Baldwin is... Um, I thought he was a man of integrity. I think Jude, Jude Law has come out in, in his defence. So, uh, quite quite a few heavy hitters have come out in his defence. And uh, I've read that Timothy Chalamet only did Chalamet, it... Chalamet, have some respect. Man. Chalamet. Yeah, he did that uh, Rainy Day in New York film. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so he, um, he gave his... Uh, his paycheck 
to charity or, or to to the Me Too movement. Um, but apparently, he he only do, did it to save face. Like he didn't actually like. Yeah, he wasn't outraged by it. You know. Well, I mean that's that's like. I mean, that's, that's I think that's a common thing now. Just to as long he, as you, he just had to back it because showing. his agent, yeah, his agent yeah. said, "Look, you got to do this," yeah. and he just did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't mean it. Um, it. I've been listening to old John Ronson podcasts. I was like, I haven't heard from this guy in a while. Let me see if I can find a podcast of his that I haven't listened to before. Mm. He's quite an interesting guy, you know. He's talking about the publicly John. Hard to, uh, <laughs> hey bro, to I, was just, to. I was just about to say I like it. Some people don't. You're on the. You're of the opinion, uh, the same opinion as uh, A. A. Gill, who uh, insulted <laughs> him loads of times. Apparently, said he made, he's like a poor man's Louis Theroux. He's uh, <laughs> just a, he hates his voice every time he was on telly because he used to be on telly a lot. When we were younger, I never knew this, yeah. but um, yeah, he had a documentary series, I think, on uh, Channel Four. Yeah, people didn't like him as much as uh, Louis Theroux. Comes but... across as a weirdo, like more, like more yeah. of a weirdo than Louis Theroux, like in a in sort of a slightly creepy way. Yeah, and uh, I listened to him with Russell Brand, and yeah, he he can if he's not being professional, like in his podcasts of, of uh, like the last days of August then I find his sense of humour strange. Mm. And if he if he crosses over into his, like, regular sort of, like, <laughs> His joke, actual self. <laughs> yeah. Then, the, then, then I'm like, oh, it's a bit cringy. But, but I, I, just, I find that. his voice, like, it's like, it's sort of like ASMR. <laughs> he speaks very, like, gently. And I don't like ASMR because I feel like... I don't, want, I don't want them that close that he's, like, whispering to me. Fair enough. He's, I, I was on the train listening to his... Because uh, he did like a... Basically a, a recording of... Uh, so You've Been Publicly Shamed. Ah, uh, okay. Frozen, mate. Oh, you're back. Yeah, and then... Uh, yeah, and then... And I was listening to it on the train and I just had to shut it off because it was very uncomfortable. But wait, did you he don't... do an episode with A.A. Gill or what? No, 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 no. So A.A. Gill was obviously like a, a writer at the time. And I think he at one stage before he was a restaurant reviewer, he was, he was a, a TV guy. He was a TV critic. Yeah. Because his dad worked for the BBC or something. I don't know. He was just a TV critic. But. but but John Ronson, he was a serious, like he was a serious journalist back in the day because he, he did an episode of his show with... Uh, with Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah, they were talking about... He was talking about that with Russell Brand. And he said <laughs> so, that... So crazy. He said that he didn't seem, at the time of him sort of interviewing him, didn't seem like a like a right-wing guy that he's turned into. No, back in the day, he wasn't, though. Yeah, he, he was like, just he, anti-establishment. He was against George Bush. Yeah, yeah. But, he, but he's one of those guys that sees... Opportunity. The, like, he sees Trump as the guy who's against the establishment. So that's why he supports Trump. But uh, but yeah, that that they uncovered like they they went to some some big expanse of land in California mm. where where all these powerful people and like politicians and big business people all get together and they they worship a big uh, a big statue of an owl. Okay, 
called uh, Molek the Owl God. That sounds reasonable. And they, they sort of perform sexual acts on each other. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> but they've got it on video. Like, the, like him and Alex Jones. I can't find the actual oh, the documentary. Clip. But mm. I've read about it. But what does that tell you that I can't find it? Oh, uh, yeah, the big powerful people. The deep state. The sucking dick and deleting shit. Exactly. but Because apparently, if you... If they all do these strange sexual acts, mm. then there's sort of a... Like, they, they can't blackmail one another because they've all done it. And then it's sort of... It's showing like they could all work together to take over the world. Okay. It's that sort of thing. You mm. see? Yeah, yeah. But if you, you know. don't believe it, mate, that's on you. But, um, no, Alex Jones went on the Joe Rogan podcast and um, all, he, he basically... Uh, Joe Rogan treats him with like a level of respect like doesn't think that he's a lunatic or anything obviously denounces yeah. some of the stuff that he says but still sort of questions yeah. him with like integrity like treats him as though yeah. he holds holds some integrity at least um, and because he is right about some things and basically yeah. Joe Rogan was saying that um, the whole Epstein stuff they were talking about that and basically that he knew prior to it all yeah. coming out and the Maxwell stuff. So he had alluded to all this stuff previously but never gave names, but he knew about this shit going down. But but some things he's completely off about. Like he said the uh, Sandy Hook shooting was was fake. Okay. Which is makes Like he said that some of the parents are actors... And all this fucking vile shit. Have you watched The Manchurian Candidate? Yeah, Denzel Washington. Yeah, where they like... So he thinks this whole thing's happened, but it's all... So he's got, like, handlers and stuff. Yeah. That That's hey, so it. That's effectively TV, yeah. that type of stuff, you know. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, I'm... I know you're a big Alex Jones fan, but <laughs> <laughs> I know you're hey, a subscriber man. to his network, but Hey, you me, know way friend. more than I do, bro, about that fucking guy. Um but mainly because of through listening to the Jorgen episode though. Cause he but <laughs> he did like he was on recently. Alex Jones was on Jorgen recently. And he just got like like he was with two like it was Joe Rogan, some comedian, and him. Mm. And Joe Rogan and the comedian weren't drinking or smoking or anything. Alex Jones is there necking whiskeys, <laughs> and he got way too drunk to be in a podcast, just shouting over everyone. <laughs> it's good. It's a good listen just for just for comedy. How do you listen to these things? Do you just idly sit, or do you go about your business? Yeah, I'll just do it. Like if I'm, like, I've been working on. Repairing this bike, and I'll just listen to a podcast while I do that. Like a Ooh. motorbike. Nah, my friend, a, a good old-fashioned bicycle. How long does it take to repair one of those things? <laughs> well, the thing is, it's, it's labour-intensive because I've got to get all the paint off. Oh, okay, so you're bike. you're doing it up big style. What was it, Amsterdam-style bike or...? No, nah, no, nah, it's a... Uh... So my my uncle when he when he when he passed many many years ago mm. I don't know he might have done it before he died but my mum has got his old bike and it was just rusting in the shed. Okay. So I thought I'll do it up. It's it's just like a it's sort of like 
they call it a hybrid I think it's like in between a mountain bike and sort of a more road bike like a racing bike but I'm gonna put the you know the handlebars that curl over but the thing is I don't know if that's actually functional I don't know how people use them I mean it's you get your back more hunched probably it's probably better yeah, it's for your back aerodynamics. because every time yeah yeah it's definitely it's all about aerodynamics really um, I, I might just put the the sit back handlebars then you know the the like mm. Dutch ones it just seems they have a massive seat. I've sat on well when I whenever I've been to Holland I've had one of those bikes and they're way better for your back because I was yeah. cycling my mountain bike about and there's no comfortable way to be, no. like my back hurt afterwards due to the fact that you're in such a weird position or my neck hurt because I'm like this you know. <laughs> whereas this one you're just up whereas this one I'm like down like sort of hunched and you're getting a lot of support for your for your bum yeah Uh, and the but you know how in Holland well the the one because I got the budget bike like the so when you're pedaling the bike's moving yeah as soon as you stop the bike stops like there's no (laughs) there's no forward momentum yeah Yeah, yeah. like the no but the 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 like, like as soon as you stop pedaling, as soon as you your, go your, backwards, your you're hitting the brake. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, my my girlfriend just got that uh, that mechanism. She just bought a bike, Fix, and it. and it's got uh, you can cycle backwards and it stops you. See, I don't like that. That seems dangerous to me. This is exactly her worry. I said, ah, you but, get used to it, you know. For for this bike, I'm doing a. It's called a, like single speed. So, so there's no gears up or down. There's one gear. Yeah. So, I can, but basically, I can't go uphill, or or unless I make it really easy to pedal. Like I have to pick one gear and stick with it. It's gonna be it's gonna be exquisite. Maybe it's, it's be the trial best and error. Ever made. Trial and error. Yeah, I need to. I'm, I, I, well, I've bought the parts, so I've committed now. I've done. I bought some good quality cheap Chinese parts. <laughs> good quality cheap <laughs> Chinese. Those two things don't sort of match yeah, up. You, you know? got you got to support the Communist Party of China. Fair enough, man. Uh, anything else you've been reading? No, nothing. No, I've I'm almost finished with uh, George Orwell Road to Wigan Pier. I've got like ten pages left. Dust that off now. And then I'm moving on to Shuggy Bain, the Booker Prize winner. Ah, uh, dense. About I'm a sure. young, a young gay kid growing up in Glasgow with a drug addicted mother. Did it win it? It won the Booker Prize. Yeah, it won it. Clever. It's going to be tremendous. But hopefully they get the. Well, he's a Scottish guy, so I think he would. But it's it can be hard to write like in the get the vernacular the correct. Scottish, yeah, exactly. Um, My dad can do it really well somehow, I don't know. Yeah, some people spell things as, as they're said. Yeah. yeah. Like, like if my dad's texting me about football, he'll write FITBA. F-I-T-B-A. FITBA. <laughs> <laughs> it goes too... You can go too far. Like, if you read uh, Robert Burns' poem... Yeah. It's just fucking... Cause yeah. it, I mean, it's like Old English, except Old Scottish, which is a hundred <laughs> times harder to read. <laughs> Uh, the, 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 there's translations mm. into modern Scottish that you can read. 
tremendous though, because you. But well, Bones Night is coming up. It's at the end of January. How are you going to celebrate, uh, mate? Oh, I'll get a haggis in. Get a haggis, some some scotch. But you have to address the haggis before you cut into it with a with a Burns poem. You have to talk to it. Uh, yeah. You it's talk tremendous. to the ha- haggis, okay. I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote this in my notes, but uh, I wrote it down. I don't know why, but I said, are people too clever? <laughs> Do people just get in the way of themselves? You know, because I was, I was watching the television earlier and I was like, it's just constantly a stream of people talking about things <laughs> who are experts <laughs> in the field. And they're just like this, just, just there, just talking well about something, you know. Is it is it too much? I put it to you, sir, that there's too much <laughs> of everything um, just always happening. I think you could be right. <laughs> I think you could be right. There's too much of everything always happening. Said Joe Lyons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bored so of it. Think, no, I think definitely people need to be more just focused on their immediate immediate things around them and less in the less worried about. Uh, Do you go on know, Twitter? Maybe this is. Do you go on maybe, Twitter? No, I, no, no. Oh god, yeah. No, <laughs> see, anymore. I deleted it and then I went back on it. And I was just like, oh, I just can't deal with how many opinions there are. You know, everybody has something to say and it's all contrived. Like none of it is like an honest or authentic take on, on anything. Yeah, people need to be less involved with the social medias and whatnot. And they need to be in their shed fixing bikes. You need to be I talking to your you. neighbour. Yeah. You know, you need to be... Like the, the other day, me and my brother were out changing his brakes. And uh, do, you, do you remember when we, uh, when we were at my house? The we guy see, with the shorts. We see the guy walk. Yeah, the guy with the shorts. <laughs> he stopped. He stopped. It was like, all right, let's... <laughs> and then we was like, yeah, fixing the brakes. Blah, blah. It was like, oh, yeah, all right. Then what, is this your game? you mechanics. Um, blah, blah, blah. And then he was just like, uh, yeah, I'm off to get the jab soon. <laughs> Not this one. And he went like this... <laughs> what? I don't think it makes sense. And did a little and, uh, sniff. Yeah, like he was talking about illegal drugs. But then, and then he was like, well, I asked him if, it, yeah, uh, like you trust the vaccine, whatever. Mm. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe these mugs talking about not getting a vaccine. Fucking 80,000 people did. It's true, though. <laughs> what an icon, man. His name's Liam. He's just got the world banged to rights. He knows. Yeah, there there are people that are just they're just with it, you know. They're with but it. But the thing is, I, I don't believe that you should like. Obviously, you should have an opinion on current events, but it shouldn't uh, consume your life and be the. Yeah, no, I just hate people on Twitter. Honestly, it's just fucking jar me out. Yeah, but also now that we're out of the EU. Yeah. First of all, that that's one issue that's gone that people can't. Yeah, we can't be fucking... Can't badger about. Yeah, oh God, we can't be like, oh... No, but they will. That's the thing. People will be saying, oh, this is why we shouldn't have left the EU. Like, it's going to constantly just, like... It's ever-evolving, you know? 
and now they're out, there's no more tampon tax, so that's brilliant. That is one good thing to come from Brexit so far. There's not... Lo- oh, should I tell you what really fucking pissed me off was the lorries. The lorries. Oh, the Q thing. I, I feel like that was, the most, well. that was the most irresponsible piece of politic that I've ever seen. In, <laughs> you have used 15,000 lorry drivers to make a point about Brexit. France. You know yeah. how many people tested positive? 36. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. And they wouldn't have fucking seen anybody anyway. Do you know what I mean? 15,000 people stopped there. 36 had it. These people fucking... What do they do? Do you know? They buy a coffee somewhere and then they sit in that car and they go all the way home. And they had to like shit in holes in the ground. It's fucking... I feel like France should pay for that. I feel like France should like have some like real bad repercussion for that. Macron, what a cunt. Do you know what I mean? I don't trust that guy. Neither do I. I think he's just a... Uh, just, I hate but, all but politicians the, the, at the moment. To be fair to the French, they hold them to account more than, more than we do ours. The, uh, Man, you see, the, you see they, the they, they tried to pass that law, the, uh, it was illegal to film police. Are you serious they tried to pass and then, that? And the French just took, took to the streets. <laughs> I love the French, man. And it came not long after they broke into that guy... Uh, well, not broken. They they kicked down the door of this uh, black music producer. Ah, uh, yeah, he France, done nothing wrong. Murdered him. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. That's, that's a good cheerful, cheerful note to end it on.